Hello, everyone. This is Dr. Ron. This is Dr. Ron, unfiltered, uncensored. Ladies and gentlemen, this is our our, our podcast number 267, and it is the Duct Tape Seminar Continued. Incredible, ladies and gentlemen. I thank you. And as usual, I have an attitude of gratitude because happiness is a lifestyle, ladies and gentlemen. And you've heard me say it every show that I have hosted. I have to have an attitude of gratitude because it makes you happier. But did you know it could also make you healthier? Because feeling of gratitude makes us see things from a more optimistic point of view. And being optimistic has been shown to lower blood pressure help you get a better night's sleep and increase longevity. It also helps us to bounce back faster from stressful situations. Ladies and gentlemen, with this attitude of gratitude, I have to inform you that this program contains general medical information. The medical information heard on this program is not advice and should not be treated as such. The information is not intended or implied to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. You should never delay seeking medical advice, disregard medical advice, or discontinue medical treatment because of information heard on this program. You are encouraged to confirm any information obtained from this program with other sources and review all information regarding any medical condition or treatment with your physician. And ladies and gentlemen, thank you for the great feedback on our initiation of the duct tape seminar Explosion, so we are ready to... (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, today... uh, Wow, that was a... I want to open this program today with a, uh, a public service announcement. And I want to tell you, ladies and gentlemen, that you should not wash your hair in the shower... Why? Because it involves the shampoo. The shampoo runs down your body when you shower with it. And this is a warning to everybody. I don't know why this wasn't figured out sooner. But when you wash your hair with shampoo, it runs down your whole body. And very clearly printed on the label is a warning for extra body and volume. No wonder this country has been gaining weight. Get rid of that shampoo, ladies and gentlemen. Start using Dawn dishwashing soap instead. Because on its label, it says, dissolves fat that is otherwise difficult to remove. Problem solved, ladies and gentlemen, right here on Dr. Ron Unfiltered Uncensored. Go take a shower with Dawn. With that, let me introduce our co-host, Dr. Jerry Smith of Langhorne, Pennsylvania. Good afternoon, Dr. Jerry. Well, I'm going to fill up my navel with Dawn before I shower. <laughs> well, have an automatic dispenser. <laughs> and I, I, I hope all our listeners do that. It's right on the label, and you know, if it's on the label, it has to be true. Who reads labels? Come on. That's part of what we're going to say about the FDA and drugs today. Who the doctors don't even read the labels. The doctors well, don't printed- even. Yeah, they're they're in six point, so you can have magnifying glasses to read the labels. Well, we you and I read them, and we're going to report on that today. And uh, we're going to start off the show, ladies and gentlemen, before we get to our explosive duct tape, which makes our head just blow apart. Uh, a little bit of uh, what we're what I call today the three ring circuits. Welcome to the circus, boys and girls, parades, animals, acrobats, clowns, all colluding to improve the drugs for public use. Watch people take drugs, watch them fall down, watch them being carted off in cars, and they're going to hospitals where doctors will have no idea what's causing their life threatening injuries. It's wild, it's crazy, and it's brought to you by drug companies and their enablers at the FDA. Guess what? It's all covered by insurance. We've got cotton candy, we have popcorn, we have ice cream for the kids, and everybody can get even under the big tent. It's the biggest game and biggest hustle of the year, and 
today is the test. We have the FDA, the MAMA, and the CDC. Wow, ladies and gentlemen, just to give you a little information on these three circus clowns. Let's start off with the CDC. Ladies and gentlemen, did you know that CDC is a private organization? Do you know that they they are listed in Dun and Bradstreet? And do you know they have a purpose in life? You know what their main safety and the main safety researcher of uh, a product uh, that they are selling, they are the they are the researchers of the product and they control all the research done on that product. You know what? The, the Center for Disease Control controls vaccines, they control drugs, and they control research for those drugs. And there's a government agency called the Vaccine for Children Program. That's part of the CDC. They purchase 50% of the childhood vaccines. And the CDC currently spends over $4 billion purchasing vaccines from drug makers. However, the CDC is also the gold standard for research on the safety and efficacy of vaccines. It turns out an unending stream of studies on these subjects and the results of these studies are dutifully reported by the mainstream fake press. Do you think under any circumstances the CDC would publish data showing vaccines are ineffective and dangerous? They'd be cutting their own throats. Well, we spend $4 billion a year buying vaccines from drug companies. But guess what? As you'll learn in future shows, these vaccines are often dangerous. And every time you read about a CDC study on vaccines, please keep this obvious conflict of interest in mind. So that's number one on the CDC. And I guess I stole that from you, Dr. Jerry. I, I, I said you were going to have the CDC. I want you to add something to that if you can. Sure. I mean, it's like your routine uh, fraud. How about the uh, incidents where they were caught uh, hiding statistics, which showed that there's a 340% increase in autism uh, amongst African-American boys? Totally Absolutely. deception. Totally deception. And, and a Dr. Thompson, who was working there, uh, he was... Threatening a four, uh, he was threatening a four that four billion dollar enterprise when he he started to break his silence that they were telling him to cover up his the research that was showing all these these side effects. So the CDC, as far as part of the Three Rin Circus, is just a PR agency for and a buyer from Big Pharma. That's the final conclusion that I can come from come to about the CDC. Not a government agency, by the way. Sounds like they are, but they're not. The second but, one, on, go ahead, Doctor. Well, let me let me add another one. But poor Judy uh, uh, Mikovits, she was oh. a PhD researcher in 1990 with her cohorts, blew the whistle that when they were making the vaccines and growing them on chicken embryos, they were picking up retroviruses from the chicken embryos, and unbeknownst to the manufacturer transferring them into the humans that they were being injected. So she and her other cohorts from the uh, National Institutes of Health blew the whistle, and for their reward, she was thrown in jail and bankrupted by the CDC and the FDA. And she wrote a book called Plague, which describes in detail the research and, and the politics and you know just the corruption that, that went on. I mean, it's just out of control. All right, so that gives you an idea, ladies and gentlemen. You can do your research about the CDC. Now, how about the FDA? Well, the heads of the FDA over the years have either come from or go to Big Pharma, and they have not made, they have not found a drug that they did not like yet. They are the best government agency money can buy. So it's fun, you know, you uh, to be the latest and the greatest be it a big purchase or some crazy new gadget, but here's something you never want to take a chance with, ladies and gentlemen, and that's drugs for the big pharmaceutical companies. It seems that every month or so, the latest pharma invention is being heavily advertised where we see all these drugs on TV. 
They're for diabetes, psoriasis, overactive bladder, underactive bladder, dry skin, oily skin, the list goes on and on. But here's the truth of the matter. Any drug is dangerous. Its side effects can make you sicker, disable you, and even kill you. New drugs, however, are even more dangerous. And not to go into all the research, but researchers at Brigham and Women's Hospital, Yale, Yale, ladies and gentlemen, School of Medicine, uh, they took a long, hard look at this. And they found that nearly one-third of these medications cause serious side effects which caused the FDA to limp into action after they were released to the public. Now, there's a changing guard in Washington now, but you're not going to see a big difference because the big pharmaceutical companies have a stranglehold on, on this uh, FDA, and it is as strong as ever. Now, how, do you, how do they get away with these dirty dealings? Well, they, they, they're very powerful. They can stop commerce in its tracks, even swoop down and confiscate practically anything it wants to. And should the FDA want even more power, well, it just reaches out and takes it. And it counts among its biggest friends, no other than drug companies that we're told it regulates. So we have drug companies in collusion with the CDC. We have drug companies in collusion with the FDA. Are you getting the picture? You forgot to tell circus. our listeners about they were renamed. The FDA now stands for Fraud and Deception Association. Absolutely. And they, they clinical trials even, they, if they don't like a clinical trial, they won't publish it. And there's been a lot of pub, uh, tr- uh, trials that weren't published because, for lack of transparency. In fact, about one out of five, the researchers said. So if they didn't like a, 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 a clinical paper uh, that was negative about a drug, they just didn't even publish it. So we have the CDC and the FDA, Big Pharma. That leaves us with the AMA. Do they have anything to do with Big Pharma, Dr. Jerry? Well, they're all in bed together because That's who advertises right. in the AMA journal? <laughs> and, who, and who supplies them with a lot of medication? And who goes into our medical schools and gives our medical students free vacations, uh, drugs, paraphernalia? Uh, they start early so that they do not have the ability to critically think about anything except that certain diseases require certain drugs. Remember last week I told you in 1910 there were 120 medical schools, okay? But when Rockefeller... And Standard Oil, they wanted to get rid of those medical schools because they were teaching homeopathy, acupuncture, herbal medicine, chiropractic. They donated in 1910 $100 million so they, for, the, for these medical schools to uh, be regulated. But by whom? The pharmaceutical companies. Okay? So our little, little circus comes to a a, uh, halt with the three ring circus. So the AMA, FDA, CDC, what do they have in common? Money. Big pharmaceutical companies control it all, ladies and gentlemen. Well, Dr. Ron... I just came across an interesting uh, chart on the top pharmaceutical companies listed by revenue. J&J, $65 billion. That's with a B, billion dollars. Roche, $45 billion. Pfizer, $65 billion. Uh, Novartis, $58 billion. Bayer is like a little uh, minuscule, only $23 billion. And GlaxoSmithKline, $41 billion. I mean, there's the common denominator. It's the, it's a you know, big, mighty buck that's uh, paying off everybody. So that's what we've always said, follow the money. money. All right, Dr. Jerry, we uh, yep. last week started something that really went over quite well, and it was called the Duct Tape Seminar. And uh, we uh, had this. And why that sound? Because that's what you feel like wrapping around your 
some crazy things told to you by your doctor. So uh, you want to start off the Letterman list today? Yeah. Um, I got this idea last night, and I just started to list them from the least uh, toxic or invasive to the, the most egregious uh, mistakes. So in position number 10, my doctor said I had only a little sugar in my urine. I got my own explosion, Dr. Ron. Oh, I'm sorry. That's <laughs> okay. <laughs> anyway, yeah, so the joke of it all is any amount of sugar in the urine is toxic. It's it's a process. You have diabetes. There shouldn't be any sugar in the urine. The kidneys are supposed to pick it up and bring it back into the bloodstream. So when a doctor tells you, oh, you have a little bit of sugar in your urine, you better get your uh, Nike sneakers on and run the other way. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. It's like craziness. You know, and in the position of number nine, my cancer doctor told me I can eat anything, anything. another head explosion i'm waiting for it <laughs> i just i just did it anyway you know when they do the pet scans what do they do they put radioactive sugar in your in your bloodstream and then they take an x-ray and wherever the cancer is the radioactive sugar is present so you can see it where it's where it metastasized to so the bottom line is cancer cells grow rapidly and they need glucose. They need a lot of sugar. So when you feed the body sugar, you know, donuts and candy and ice cream, you're basically creating what Dr. Warburg discovered back in the 30s because he won a Nobel Prize in physiology in 1931 that the sugar produces fermentation. It's like making beer and wine. You're creating an acid environment which results in low oxygen which supports cancer growth so when your doctor tells you you can eat anything i mean he's got his head up his rectum basically uh it's it just you know they're lying to you because of ignorance puts you on the trail of self-destruction and uh then you know as i always say most people would rather be killed by a notorious uh, oncologist than be healed by a quack Exactly right. And then when you, most oncology offices that, that were surveyed have sugar candy in the waiting rooms and think nothing about it, have no well, idea about I sugar know. making the cancer get worse. When my uh, wife was getting chemotherapy, I mean, I, I just couldn't – I had to stop going because I would have exploded there. Uh, I, I didn't have duct tape at the time. It was too early in the game. But anyway um, – they had. They were serving all the people donuts who were getting chemotherapy. I mean, it was like a killing field. I, you know, it was like you woke up and you're in this mirage, and you can't believe what the hell you're saying. But you, if you're talking, no one hears you anyway. So it's like get the hell out of there because it's it's a destructive uh, environment. So on the uh, the magic list. Number eight, my doctor told me that I have Hashimoto's disease, which is an autoimmune disease, and I have to suppress my overactive thyroid with tapazole. <laughs> I have a certified U.S. military cannon here. <laughs> I have a certified <laughs> big bomb rocket. <laughs> FDA approved, Big Farmer approved, CDC approved, Canon. But anyway, it, it you know when you have um, so-called autoimmune disease, in, in my clinical experience of almost 50 years of practice, the body and in its <clears throat> infinite wills, wisdom does not attack a healthy organ. <clears throat> There's something there, and they just don't have the database of knowledge to delineate it. Perfect example, my own daughter. <clears throat> she came down with Hashimoto's, and the doctor wanted to put her on tapazole to suppress her overactive thyroid. <clears throat> and when she told the doctor that her father was going to treat her 
Alternatively, he says it's a farce that doesn't work. Well, he didn't know who he was dealing with. So when I did my energetic testing, she had Epstein-Barr virus trapped in her thyroid from high school because she missed the whole senior year of high school because of severe you know, chronic fatigue. She was in bed for like 12 hours a day. She couldn't function. So when I tested her, it was still present in her thyroid and putting her on uh, noni colloidal silver, and I loaned her a rice machine. In three months, all her blood tests were normal and her heart rate was normal. She was back to normal. So she said to the doctor politely, you know, what should I do? He said, well, keep doing what you're doing. So the fact that I, uh, you know, bruised his ego, he, he wasn't interested in learning why, you know, why I was successful. And this is the unfortunate set of circumstances. When you show them the, the proof, they don't want to hear it because they can't use this technology because the hospitals will throw them off the board and the medical establishment will take their license. So, countdown number seven. My doctor told me I needed extensive surgery for my stage four throat cancer. I think that was a howitzer from the Korean War. I got an explosion and ate little steroids. Little steroids, okay. Well, we can write a prescription for steroids. That's okay. So this poor patient, you know, he's under the gun. He he previously, like 15 years ago, had prostate cancer, and he opted for um, radioactive, uh, you know, needles that he put around the had put around the cancer. The cancer disappeared, but eight years later, the prostate cancer came back. But be that as may, so he he was trying to do an alternative approach with his throat cancer, and he told his oncologist, "I'm going to go alternative." And the guy says, "It's a farce. You're wasting your time and money." So anyway, he got referred to me. He had three root canal teeth. The X-rays looked pristine, but energetically, he had pathogens in these dead, uh, embalmed teeth, and the same pathogens that were in the teeth were exactly in the throat where the cancer was. So I extracted the teeth, put ozone into the jawbones, colloidal silver, homeopathic remedies. He had a rice machine. He was undergoing insulin potentiation by a, a practitioner up in Long Island. And lo and behold, three weeks later, the cancer disappeared. The hospital's own records documented that the cancer disappeared in three weeks. So my patient goes back to the hospital, you know, makes an appointment with the oncologist, and he says, geez, doc, I want to talk to your other cancer patients and let them know what's available. The doctor wouldn't talk to him. He basically ushered him out of the room real quickly. So just, you know, another example of uh, economic and moral corruption in, in our medical community. Um, hitting the number six spot, my doctor told me I needed uh, to be treated in a psych ward because I was hearing voices in my head. Boy, I need a double roll of duct tape on that one. <laughs> <laughs> so here, this poor woman is hearing voices in her head, uh, and she got she was a previous patient of mine. She said to her husband, "You take me over to Doctor Smith. I'm not going to the hospital because you know once I get you on those psychedelic drugs, the SSRI drugs or Paxil or you know all these I call them psychedelics, it, it puts weight on you. You get addicted to these." things and you're just never the same so when I, I I was intuitive I said so do you work near a power plant that burns coal she says oh yeah a mile away when you burn coal for power it spews out mercury into the atmosphere so her thyroid was loaded with mercury because she was downwind from the power plant I put her on a nutritional program to detox the mercury out of her thyroid in 10 days the voices stopped so there's reasons why things are going haywire in your brain, and one of them, of course, is thyroid issues. So when it gets low because of the heavy metal, or, you know, we spoke about the vaccines earlier with the CDC, the one thing that they don't tell you is that these vaccines don't get flushed out of your body. Sometimes they get trapped in your liver, in your thyroid, in your heart, in your spleen, your pancreas, and they can wreak havoc, and no one's going to ever begin to explore the possibility that these vaccines get trapped. So that's another downside. 
But okay, the key in the whole equation. Just, yeah. yeah, let me jump in here because uh, just this week, uh, over the past couple of years, we have been warning about the fluoroquinolone antibiotics, the sepros, the levoquins, and how they are given out like candy. Mm-hmm. And we're sure that the doctors are not reading the labels. But now they, and, and nobody will know this except the listeners to this show. But guess what? The FDA now warns mental health effects from fluoroquinolone antibiotics. Now, the average doctor is not going to uh, know about fluoroquinolone uh, problem with disturbances in attention, disorientation, agitation, nervousness, memory impairment, and delirium. And for you diabetics out there, the fluoroquinolones are associated with hypoglycemia, which occurs more frequently in elderly patients and those with diabetes who are also receiving oral hypoglycemic medication or insulin. So does the risk outweigh the benefits for for treating bacterial sinusitis, which most of the time is viral, or bronchitis or uncomplicated urinary tract infections? Ladies and gentlemen, we've we've been warning you about the tendon ruptures with these drugs. Now, and, and as Dr. Jerry said, he was intuitive about the coal. Now the doctor either has to read it and absorb it because he's not going to hear it from the detail person that comes in his office that these fluoroquinolone antibiotics are associated with mental health effects. Only going the to hear fluoride, the show. Yeah, the fluoride suppresses thyroid, just like Prozac. Prozac has three molecules of fluoride in it, and it's a psychedelic drug. And so you're treating depression with a drug that actually will make your depression worse. And that's why these people on Prozac, you know, have been reported to kill their spouses or boyfriends or girlfriends, you know, because they flip out. As my girlfriend says, they become shrecked. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let me let me get one, get one in here, Dr. Jerry. Sure. You know what? My doctor said I'm not sleeping good. Or maybe I, he, he told me to take some Ambien. Ambien, ladies and gentlemen, this calls for a grade three explosion. Now that's an explosion, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. Ambien is is a, is a horrible drug. It's very easily uh, you can get hooked on it. But I'm going to tell you something that I reported on a couple years ago, and I'm going to repeat it today. Because most people haven't heard about it, and I'm sure your doctor hasn't heard about it. What's the largest artery of your body? It's the aorta. Do you know that Ambien can cause that artery to rip open, causing your blood to spill over your insides? I'm not trying to give you something new to worry about. For most people, the risk is pretty low. But if you're taking one of the world's most commonly prescribed sleep medications, you may face Double the risk of nightmare condition because this drug does make you walk in your sleep and cause nightmares, but you also may be in line for an aortic dissection. And do you know, your doctor's not going to tell you because I'm sure he's not reading that fine print. It could boost your risk of a heart attack by 50% and just 60 pills a year, a little more than, than one week is enough to do the trick to get you hooked. Okay. So Ladies and gentlemen, it has, a, it has a generic name of Zolpidem, but it's linked to hallucinations, heart palpitation, dangerous falls, risky late-night strolls, and drives you may never remember. And, as I said, aortic dissection. And guess what? Late, lately, it also has been associated with Alzheimer's disease, increasing your risk by a giant 84%. Ladies and gentlemen, you, I can't you just get described, any, any clearer than that. You just described our, our Senate and House of Representatives. <laughs> yeah, they must have <laughs> using it to sleep because that's right. you know, Dr. Jerry, it really is crazy. There's a drug that's given out uh, like candy, uh, and we'll get to the opioids later on, but just like the opioids are given out like candy, and no one is talking about anything that I just said. No one. No, no, you won't find it. You won't find it in a drug commercial. So it leaves me really with a duct tape moment. It really I mean, I need to duct tape right now after just reading that. 
I think we got to have a warning at the beginning of our show. Any of our listeners that have hearing devices, <clears throat> they should better lower them before they, <laughs> they listen to our program. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, before we go on with the uh, top 10 plus Dr. Ron's list, I want to let you know that we have Dr. Uh, we have Mr. Antonio Cuesta here today, Dr. Antonio Cuesta Repesi to be exact. Uh, and he's, he's my grandson from Spain. And if there's any Latino, uh, Spanish-speaking people that want to uh, jump in and ask questions later on, uh, he'll be here to uh, talk to you. Right, Antonio? Yes, correct. In Espanol. Pues aquí, estaré aquí para traducir alguna pregunta que tengan los hispanoamericanos o los que sean de España de otro país de San Atlante. Okay. Ladies and gentlemen, we are definitely bilingual today. Number six, number five. Numero cinco. Numero cinco. Go ahead, Jerry. Number cinco. Okay. Uh, my doctor told me I needed injections of a chemotherapeutic drug called Avastin in my eye because I was losing my sight. All right. I'm going to do mine. I can't hear your your, your clock. Now, the craziness, the patient <clears throat> had already undergone six injections in her left eye with a chemotherapeutic agent to try to regain her sight. <clears throat> Nothing worked. So she was referred to my office when we did energetic testing. She had cytomegalovirus, that's CMV for short, was present in the left eye where she was losing her sight. In four months on herbs and vitamins, she regained her sight. I mean, and this is standard of practice. This was done by Will's Eye Hospital. This is not a second-rate hospital in the United States. It's a big center in Philadelphia. So anytime people are telling you you're losing your sight, there's usually a virus in there or a chemical or some pathogen that's clouding up the vitreous humor, which is the fluid in your eyeball. It just amazes me that people will subject themselves to this traumatic uh, therapy, you know, without getting second opinions. Um, here, another number four, my doctor told me I needed a liver transplant. The poor patient for 27 years had a swollen liver and they couldn't fix it. So what are they going to do? They want to take it out, put them on steroids and give them someone else's liver. <laughs> Another headbanger. <laughs> Get the duct tape. Get Either the color, duct tape. gray or black. I like gray. I like silver. All right. So the bottom line is, when energetically tested, he had hepatitis B and benzene trapped in his liver. Seven months later, on a nutritional program to remove those two offending substances, hepatitis B and benzene, his liver went back to normal. That was eight years ago. Eight years ago. So this is not a fleeting type of uh, you know, quick fix. This is getting to the root of the problem. Now, getting into the dental profession, since you did the sleeping profession, <laughs> which is anesthesia, I believe, right? Um, right? My dentist told me I needed a root canal because my tooth was painful. So the patient, you know, voted with their feet. They ran out and then they came to my office and by judiciously removing the deep decay and putting in homeopathics, which by many people's standards is a farce, but yet the Royal Family of England has a homeopathic physician on staff and that's how much of a farce it is, right? So anyway, cleaning out the tooth with homeopathics, putting in a good temporary medicament to seal it and giving it three months the tooth calmed down the pain disappeared in a few days and the patient didn't have to undergo a root canal because a root canal in reality is embalming an organ and keeping it in the human body which creates chronic inflammation which creates fibrosis in the body and it attracts pathogens to clean up the debris from the damage it's just another one of those head-banging. Uh, 
head-banging, explosive moments in a professional career. Um, Dr. Jerry, I was to a conference, and they said if, a, if you had appendicitis and the surgeon took out your appendix and left it in your abdomen, that's almost the same as the root canal, what they're doing with the DKT, leaving them, leaving them in your mouth. Right. Another senior moment here. My dentist told me I needed another periodontal or gum surgery because my gums are bleeded and infected. Well, the poor patient had gone through two full mouth gum surgeries in, in the past you know, six years, and she was not about to bear the pain of a third one. So when she was examined, she basically had nutritional deficiencies. And placed on food-based supplements in six weeks, the bleeding gums completely stopped, and her gums became nice and firm and pink. I mean, it's so obvious. You know, when you look back at Royal Lee's work from back in the 30s, he showed that nutritional deficiencies cause gum disease. And the average person, 90% of their food that they're buying in the market is processed. There's no nutritional value in there to maintain healthy gums with real vitamin C. Oh, but I bought fresh orange juice. Well, let me tell you something. Even if they squeeze it at the market, by the time you got home, and let's say an hour and a half later, it's all gone. It's oxidized. You paid for expensive colored water. Now, the number one, the, the winner of the grand duct tape prize, my cardiologist told me to take aspirin every day to prevent blood clotting when I had when he put stents into my coronary arteries because they were clogged. I mean, this takes the cake, people. Why is this in the number one position? It sounded like you shot yourself in the head. It was suicide. I shot myself twice. <laughs> <laughs> so the bottom line is the patient had one kidney and aspirin is an NSA drug known when taken in in a quantity over a long period of time will cause irreversible kidney damage this patient now is on dialysis three times a week and he's on bar of time anyway he came to me and you know we did an evaluation on him and I said well there's only one way you can treat you got to stop taking your aspirin he finally woke up to the fact that he basically is killing himself with the, with the NSA drug. But what was interesting, when he was energetically tested, the kidney tested weak, when I put in the magnetic card that we derived from the CyberScan evaluation, the kidney tested strong. So he was impressed. He said, I don't know how it works, but I don't have too many alternatives in my life right now. So he's going to take the non-invasive approach. So it's going to be interesting to see uh, down the road, we need a drum roll for that one. <laughs> but it'll be interesting to see if, with uh, Dr. Wong's uh, protocol of serapeptase and bromelain and papain and magnesium and zinc, if we can get his kidneys uh, to start functioning again. So we will keep you um, apprised of uh, what happens here. Anyway, right, that's my top ten. Doctor Jerry's top ten list. I have a few more, and then we're going to open up for questions. I a couple things. Um, my knees hurt. I went to the doctor. He said I should get my knees cleaned out, get a cortisone shot, and I may need a knee replacement. <laughs> oh my God! I'll tell you what. I don't have enough sounds for that. Is it that? This <laughs> This blows your head off. Get, you get the duct tape, wrap it around 10 times. You know, by the year 2020, they predict that 6.5 million Americans between 35 and 84 will be diagnosed just with knee osteoarthritis. And all of the biggest scam alert going on now in hospitals, uh, better than the, the presidential suite at Trump Towers, is this knee replacement, arthroscopy, and let me just clean it out. Let me just give you a number here. 
a knee replacements cost upwards of fifty thousand dollars a pop, and they can do five a day. Two hundred thousand dollars a day for knee replacement. A ten point two billion dollar industry. They 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 did arthroscopic surgery uh, to to clean up this meniscus and arthritis. And on half the patients, on half the patients, they just cut them and did not do the surgery. There was no difference at the end. No difference between the real arthroscopic surgery or the sham op, uh, arthroscopic surgery. Ladies and gentlemen, it does not work. Okay? And when you get to knee replacement, the people that need it, and it's definitely needed in some patient, but the more you need it, the better it works. If you just have a mild uh, little osteoarthritis and you didn't even try prolotherapy and you go and the doctor said, well, you might as well get it now while you're young. You could be in for a host of trouble later on. Uh, and he, that's it, provided you survive the surgery. So my knees hurt. There is no benefit from osteoarthritis. It's a $4 billion scam aimed at your knees, ladies and gentlemen. Cutting your knee open and screwing around inside could actually make it worse, okay? And that's $4 billion we just flushed down the toilet. 15 well, Dr. Of, Ron, uh, could, if they have a telescopic knee implant, could they at least make you taller in the deal? <laughs> Any, anything you want. Money talks, <laughs> rules walk. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> And the other thing I want to just bring to people's attention, and we're going to talk more about it uh, in two weeks, and that is in uh, September 25th of 1955. Most people uh, in my age, we remember that. That's when Eisenhower had his heart attack. And since then, we have been subjected to 65 years of bad nutritional advice. That was the dawn of the low-fat diet. And I'm not going to give it as a, as, as a duct tape moment, but uh, we've been used, abused, schooled, and fooled into this low-fat diet. Uh, my son-in-law, an endocrinologist in Spain, you, you look at his children and my, my grandson here my, uh, and his sister, all following the Mediterranean diet and are doing great. The low-fat was, was a scam. And remember, ladies and gentlemen, you need a blood glucose level of 180 minimum. Otherwise, you make no hormones. You make no sex hormones. You make no vitamin D. It is a scam. So uh, Dr. Paul Dudley White, sorry to say, bought into that scam in the 60s. And, it be, and Dr. Uh, uh, oh, Ainsley, uh, what's, his, what's, what's the doctor who fudges statistics? Dr. Uh, it'll come to me. He's the one, the, the father of the low-fat diet. He, he, he looked at 26 countries, but only six fit his, his idea that a low-fat diet works, so that's all he reported on. So that's Ansel Keys. Keys, Ansel Keys. Ansel Keys. Yeah, Ansel yeah. Keys. So we've been sold something that has given us diabetes, obesity, cancer, because people replace their low-fat uh, pr uh, products with, with sugar and carbohydrates. And, and uh, he gave us a, a, a he, he was a, a, a gift to the American Medical Association. So with that being said, we know where we stand today. We stand that you have to get your information by yourself. You have to be the CEO of your own body. And even with the opioid epidemic, it, it started with the doctors and the pharmaceutical companies. The major pipeline for traffic, traffic, trafficking opioid drugs starts with the pharmaceutical manufacturers. Two million opioid addicts in the United States, 300,000 deaths since 2000 in the United States. Carnage resulting from the distribution of opioids. Okay, so you have to be your own CEO. Uh, so where am I going with that? Well, you know, if you, if you go in and you got you, you get a little, little surgery, maybe a subarachnoid dermatosis or a a small skin cancer removed, and the doctor gives you 30 Percodan or OxyContin, just report them because that is absolutely malpractice. You know, the United States makes up only 5% of the world's population, but do you know we consume 50% of the world's pharmaceutical drugs? 50% of the drugs used are we consume them, and we only make up 5% of the uh, population. 
And that brings up that an interesting has. point, Dr. Ron. You were complaining that putting the shampoo on your head and the chemicals are running down your body. You forgot to mention the fact that all those people taking those 50% of the world's population of drugs are peeing those drugs into the public water supply. So you're not only getting the shampoo running down your body, you're getting homeopathic doses of all the drugs that are being peed out in your public water supply when you shower. Yeah, and, and, and they have no way of measuring that. But something they can measure, Dr. Jerry and ladies and gentlemen, a 10-minute hot shower without filtering out the chlorine is equal to t- drinking 20 glasses of Clorox. Oh, my God. A 10-minute shower. So I hope, I hope everybody goes out and filters out their chlorine. Well, you should wear your clothes when you shower because at least you'll bleach them. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, what? I'm just going to go through a few things that are just teeing me off here. The CDC now has new pediatric hypertension guidelines. Now, they came out with guidelines for adults, and that increased the number of people that need drugs to, for, by hundreds of thousands. Now they, they, they're, they're, they're attacking children, and they think it will add about 800,000 children between 12 and 19 years of age that have to meet these new guidelines. So the CDC and the big pharmaceutical companies are at it again, ladies and gentlemen, lowering and lowering and lowering the, the numbers for blood pressure and lowering and lowering the numbers for cholesterol. So uh, they get more and more people on statin drugs. And, and we've known for the last 10 years, statin drugs don't work. What is the basis of, of atherosclerosis? I'm going to say it one more time. It's inflammation, inflammation. And uh, that's why we, we like to have Dr. William Wong on the show because his enzymes fight inflammation because we start running out of those enzymes after we hit age 27. So next week, that reminds me, next week, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to have a rerun of Dr. Wong's uh, uh, show about the diseases that can be prevented. It's an hour and 20 minutes. It's a long one. And he talks all, he doesn't stop. Uh, We've had great uh, feedback on that program. We're going to run that again next week. So look, we have some time here. I'm going to open up some phones if you have any questions. Well, just uh, I have a quick comment okay. here. Um, Go for it. My son went to a concert the other night, Taylor Swift, and he said he, he was when he came back. He said, "Dad, I'm so appalled." He said it was for five-year-old children and up. You know, could handle the, that type of music and all that business. The backdrop of the concert was like um, your your screensaver where you see things floating around. It was pills, tablets, and capsules floating around on the background of the stage, humongous-sized screen, and he took a video of it and showed it. I think I sent it to you. They're conditioning these young children to accept drugs at a young age. It's subliminal. Wow. Uh, You did send it to me, but I couldn't see it. I didn't know what what the point was, so that's why I left it. Yeah. When you watch it. it again, you'll see the backdrop of the concert was these pills ro- roving around like a screensaver. Unbelievable. Now, wow. what, what does that plan in a little kid's head? That pills are okay. It's like candy. Yeah. I mean, you know, we already have them loaded with phthalates and BPA, and we're already uh, emasculizing our, 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 our men and women. Uh, and, uh, you know, uh, and, and we know from Dr. Wong that most 90 some percent of, of cancers are estrogen dominant. Gosh, so what are we doing between pills and diet and, and all the artificial stuff and microwaving plastic that can just throw your testosterone right out the window, you know, with the, with the phthalates, even the micro microwave safe stuff. It isn't microwave safe. It's just the opposite. So uh, uh, we are really uh, destroying our civilization. All right. Well, let's just see if we have any questions from the audience. Uh, 4745, any questions? Nope. Thank you. you. Make one up. (laughs) (laughs) If we don't know the answer, we'll make one up. We'll make an answer up for you, just like the pharmaceutical (laughs) companies. All right. Well, uh, I think the... Go ahead. Uh, hello, I tuned in yes. late, so I may not be on your list. But <clears throat> I was on last week, and you were very helpful to me about ozone and 
I really appreciated what you, you, the information you managed to get to me. I have another question kind of related to that. Uh, can you hear me? Okay, yes. yes, go ahead. We hear you well. Okay. Um, I wanted to find out, I, I have, I have a, a, an oxygen concentrator. By, I've had it for some time, and I usually just use it when I feel the need. But um, with having lung cancer, I know that oxygen isn't enough to kill off the cancer cells, but is it a good idea to, to use that concentrator to make a, an unfriendly environment for the uh, oh, absolutely. cancer cells? Yeah, you can, depends on the type of machine that you have, um, you can ramp it up to, I think, 95% oxygen. But what you want to do is um, you want to go gradually, so do maybe like the first time three minutes at 95 and then, you know, 20 minutes at 85%. And then the next day you could ramp it up a little bit, give it uh, 15 minutes of 95 and then, uh, you know, maybe 25 minutes of 85%. So you want to gradually build up your oxygen levels. I uh, see. But the, the other interesting thing is the more alkaline that you become from eating, you know, proper foods, uh, organic greens, and so forth, the minerals will help alkalize your system. Iodine, for example, will help alkalize your system. Mm-hmm. So that in itself will increase your oxygenation. Okay. But to get back to my original advice to you is that something is causing the cells to go haywire. So all these things that you're doing are great and great adjuncts to cancer therapy, but until you can remove the offending splinters in your body, um, it's going to diminish your success rate. Yeah, yeah. I, it's, I, I've been trying, you know. But even I if you do, you know, like a general, where it, yeah, where it but started. if you do a general detox, you know, you go after, you know, uh, clean your liver out first. No matter what you do, you must clean your liver out first. And then go after the heavy metals. Then go after the pesticides and the chemicals. And then uh-huh. the viruses. See, that's a good logical approach because the cleaner that you get your body, the stronger your immune system is going to be, and it can literally, um, you know, attack the cancer. And using the the systemic enzymes, they they float around the body and they'll dissolve the cancer cells. Uh huh. Okay. Would chelation be a good idea? Well, I. I personally don't like synthetic materials put into my arteries or veins. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I use a product called Platinum Plus. It's an amino acid formula by Super Nutrients. It's a great company. And that'll pull all the heavy metals out. But the other interesting thing is you must make sure you're getting enough seaweed in your diet and minerals because if you're lacking in minerals, if you're too acidic, the body won't let go of the nickel, the arsenic, the lead, the cadmium, the mercury, because it thinks it's a mineral. Mm-hmm. So you want to make sure that you're getting enough minerals in your diet so the body will let go of the heavy metals when you start to pull them out. Okay. It, I, I have a little a little tape that uh, measures the urine, the first patch urine. No, saliva. Saliva is more accurate. Uh, okay. According to our, our good friend, Dr. William Wong, he said urine pH is worthless. Because oh, really? it's always going to be acidic. Yeah, oral pH in the morning will give you a better indication of how the body's handling if you have enough alkaline reserves. Well, actually, this tape usually tells me it's pretty good at the in the alkaline level. Okay. Sometimes Orally? it drifts down, but it's usually it usually says I'm okay with with the alkaline. Okay. Well, that's a good good indication. I'm on a vegan diet. Okay. I have and, a question. You know, no sugar and. Well, that's good. Yeah, no, that kind of thing. So maybe, yeah. so maybe it is okay on that score. But mm-hmm. the, uh, I'll, I'll focus on the liver next and see what we I can. We have another question. Yeah. Yes. Thank you. Um, what do you okay. think about um, kombucha drink or tea? I always buy it when they have a special. Two Me for too. six dollars. <laughs> okay. It's wonderful. Me too. But do you it's think it's and oh, good, good, good. And I wouldn't be getting headaches from that, correct? Well, 
anything is possible because the kombucha does have a certain amount of alcohol. Right. In fact, in fact, they shut them down a few years back because their alcohol content was a little bit too high, and the little kids were getting buzzed in the in the in the carts, you know, that their mothers were wheeling them around in at the supermarket. Only kidding, but um, the key <laughs> is that it's. <laughs> It's fermented, and and the, yes. if you're sensitive and your liver cannot process the alcohol, it'll dilate your coronary, your blood vessels up in your brain and can cause a headache. That, okay, that may be happening, but I'll try it again. Uh, I've laid no, off try, of it. Try it at a lower dose. Try 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 to start slow with it. Yeah, I've only or, been having. Or even more important, detox your liver. You know, you, you change your oil and your filter in your car at least what five thousand miles. So mm-hmm. twice a year, you should clean your liver out. And I've had patients where they were had alcohol triggers for migraines, and once you clean the liver out, then they can process the alcohol from the kombucha, and you won't get a headache. And the best way to clean your liver out, detox your liver in well, general? Well, there's certain nutrients. So, for example, chlorella, uh, uh, spirulina, uh, wheatgrass uh-huh. juice, um, right. uh, dandelion greens. Uh, okay. Uh, curcumin, uh, yes. turmeric, ginger. Okay. Yeah, these are all good things to clean out your liver. And the, but, you know, the Essiac tea. You have the slippery elm, the burdock, the turkey rhubarb root. Those three are wonderful detoxers for the liver. Okay, I have that in teas. Good. Thank yeah. you. You welcome. Thank you. Good. Okay. Very well, helpful. we had. Two interesting questions, and thank you for that. Uh, and, and Jerry, thanks for your, your great answers. Well, you know what? An, another hour has flown by. I have uh, Antonio here. We had no no Spanish uh, speaker today, but you know, we'll, we'll, we'll keep you around and uh, <laughs> and see what see what happens in the coming weeks. So, Dr. Jerry, I uh, had something here that I wanted to remind everybody, and that was amateurs built the ark. But professionals built the Titanic. So <laughs> don't believe everything you hear and question everything because the, what, what the mainstream is calling quackery is, it are the ones that are actually doing the or building the ark and keeping everybody healthy and afloat. Remember, medical insurance is for sickness. It, does, it has nothing to do with health. It's up to you to stay healthy and have a great attitude and give a hug. A hug that releases great. A twenty-second hug releases great hormones, uh, serotonin, into your body. Uh, and uh, that's all I got, Doctor Jerry. Well, I'm going to leave you with a wonderful quote from one of my uh, mm-hmm. and people that I really admire, Albert Einstein. He said, "The difference between stupidity and genius is that genius has its limits." <laughs> <laughs> uh, Antonio liked that one because he's he's a Mensa, so he knows what that means. Good. Well, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, uh, thank you for being here today. And, <laughs> I hope you enjoyed the program as much as we do. Remember, we are on Instagram at. Dr. Dr. Ron Unfiltered Uncensored. We are on Facebook, Dr. Ron Unfiltered Uncensored. If someone missed the show, they are archived at Blog Talk Radio and on iTunes, at Google Play, Alexa, Stitcher, Blueberry, any any place you want to, you can find us. Next week, Dr. William Wong on systemic enzymes. Please take notes, and we'll answer your questions the following week. He's just a, uh, I think he's figured it out, and. He's a PhD, and he was a uh, doctor to Olympic weightlifters. He knows what he's talking about. He's broken it down, so you, it makes everything very understandable. And Dr. Jerry, uh, thank you, and uh, I guess we'll see each other on the radio in two weeks. Sounds good to me. Okay, everybody. Thank you for listening. Little Philly Jazz, the close the show. This is Dr. Ron. I'm Philip Uncensored. Really appreciate it having you here today. And next week, Dr. William Wong. 
always live here on Dr. Ron Unfiltered, Uncensored on Blog Talk Radio. Have a great day. Have a great week. Have an attitude of gratitude. Ciao.